Welcome into the Esports Network podcast where we discuss everything and anything esports related, whether that's, you know, the business of esports, the the professional gaming side of esports like we're all, you know, want to do. And here I'm lucky enough to have somebody who's been through the ringer on both ends, both the professional player and now the business executive, I guess you could say. Uh, please welcome in Trey Christensen, the VP of Growth for First Blood. How are you doing, Trey? Very good. Appreciate appreciate you having me for today, Kevin. I appreciate it. Now this is your your second time on on the show. First time was with Mitch over a year ago. So uh, I'm a veteran, praise, I'm a yeah, veteran. Yeah, you know you know what's going on. So in, in case you guys missed that that his previous outing with us, uh, he's a former Halo Pro gamer. I guess the currently VP of for, uh, Growth at First Blood. You were also, I guess, you are still part of the Air Force National Guard, CEO yes, of SGG. You're formerly director of esports and later director of digital communications for Dallas, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I guess their gaming team and then the, the team itself, yep. which is awesome. And so, I mean, you've been through the ringer on on quite a lot of of things here. So, I mean, you go from pro gamer to working with the Mavericks to kind of forming your own way through the business of esports. And I just gotta say, man, applause all around. Not many people can make that that kind of transition. No, I appreciate it. I think that it was, uh, I'll say that some of it was an accident. Some of it was just pure passion, but overall it's been, you know, a, a very, uh, been very fortunate, very, uh, excited to, you know, move on to the next project and see what I can make happen. But, um, it's been an adventure definitely, uh, to take a career in gaming essentially after high school, just instead of going straight to college, like everyone else did, I went straight into gaming and I was just all about it and it sort of led me here. So, uh, it's very cool. So I'm I'm glad you bring up the gaming first because I really want to want to go over just your former career I guess as a, your your past life as a Halo pro I mean you, you compete for what four or five years on the on the circuit and then you you I, I imagined there were some some important lessons you learned as a player that kind of helped you later on as you kind of went to this more you know managerial corporate businessy type of esports oh, yeah. uh, personality so what kind of lessons did you learn as a player. No, I think the biggest lesson is uh, networking. So when I was competing, I was I was hyper focused on you know just rivalries, competition in general. Um, and at that point, you know I'm like 18, 19, 20. Um, I'm I came into it a little bit later than everybody else um, that I was competing against, but. Uh, the networking side was something that I had to pick up gradually. I didn't just have it. Um, so I went into it and I treated every rival as if they were like my fiercest enemy. And I, you know, it was like the only people that I hung out with and <laughs> talked to were the people that I was teaming with and trying to make a career with. And um, it took me a while to start to understand that, you know, uh, times on my side and the more connections and friendships that I cater to, the more people I had the opportunity to team with, the more people that ended up staying in the industry and working in the industry. And so by the end of my career <laughs> in you know just gaming and uh, Halo, I was able to make a lot of friendships that I now even utilize today. Uh, one thing that was one of the first initiatives that I had when I first came into First Blood was like um, partnerships, right? That same mm -hmm. sort of networking feel. And uh, I used a connection with an individual named Eric or Ghost Ayami from one of the best Halo teams like ever. Um, and I literally reached out to him. He works on the competitive strategy for Apex Legends. Oh, wow. And he's behind all the big decisions. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, we need to do a partnership. We want to run Apex Legends events. And he said, 
okay, let's do it. So if I hadn't have learned that lesson of networking, wow. right? <laughs> he moved on to something great. I'm being put in better, better roles and trying to achieve more in the space. And so it's like, he's halo pretty much. It was the, uh, you know, grandfather or one of the grandfather games of like esports in the space. So uh, there's a lot of connections that have stemmed from it. So I would say that's my number one lesson would be networking for sure. <laughs> wow, I mean, I just it's it's crazy small world, right? You you kind of make these connections in one space, and somehow they end up paying huge dividends in another oh, yeah. space. And so it's just it's absolutely crazy to me. I mean, uh, so obviously Halo Reach. That's your. That was your your peak, right? I would say the the that was like the the, the top tier of Halo esports back in what 2011, 2012 or so. Yep. And then, so t- talk to me. How enjoyable was that time? And and what happened to the scene as a whole that kind of led to it dying down? in the, I guess the mid 2010s. Yeah. So um, MLG phased out. They went with. They took a contract with Sony, focused exclusively on Call of Duty. Um, so a lot of the competitions that I was going to uh, really weren't happening anymore. We started uh, the Halo scene migrated over to sort of I would say a secondary tournament organizers and things trying to spin up land tournaments still in the same environment. But you know you just couldn't match the standards of MLG, which eventually got acquired by Activision. All that they ran the whole overwatch league and all yep. of it so that's sort of the standard that we were you know competing against um and the scene just didn't have as much money and uh progress uh we had been waiting on a new game to come out halo 4 released i competed in that for a while but then even with halo 4 um there just wasn't enough money to be made and generate an income so um, that's what sort of steered me towards um a different path my 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 family has always been really heavily in the military um, and so I reached out to, to my dad and I was like, dad, I want to, I want to do something right now. I need to, I want to <laughs> sign a contract and go somewhere. Cause I missed the traveling aspect, like the competing in halo. Like I was going to events every month, if not every other month, wow. there wasn't really an off season. It was just like, go, 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 go wild, wild west. So you'd have an event in, in you know, California and Anaheim, you'd have one in Dallas, you'd have one in Rhode Island, you'd have one, it was all over the place. And they were so much fun and so exhilarating that I wanted that same sort of feeling of like going somewhere and going places. So I joined the air force national guard and went off to training. It took me about two years to get through like the full training, um, including like basic and all of that. And then by the time I came out, esports blowing up. Um, and I guess before I went into training, they didn't even really call it esports. They just was <laughs> like, oh, you're pr- it's pro gaming, professional gaming and stuff like that. <laughs> and then by the time I got out, it was like starting to, you know, uh, form a foundation where people could have careers and jobs and people were, you know, pursuing those uh, that transition from like their pro days into like working in the industry just because they loved it so much. Um, and we all still had the same passion, but it wasn't passion for, you know, competing. It was passion for the space and growing it. And how can we make this a career and how can we turn this into something? So that's when I jumped in head first and just started, you know, working with various businesses, doing side projects um, and sort of grew, grew a, a, a career in the space. That's when we launched Vast in 2017 um, and so on and so forth. From there, it's just sort of been one adventure out of uh, the next. I mean, I mean, going from Halo Pro Gamer to the Air Force National Guard, that's kind of a kind of a, a stark transition. But you came out of it, I, I'm sure, with with enough experience to to kind of figure out what your next move was. And so, from the Air Force National Guard, you, you do you do one of two things because you, you kind of did these in an overlapping kind of way. You start a vast GG, right? The the giveaway and marketing startup. I mean. It, 
this is something that I, I at the time I didn't really know what was going on. Like, what, what do you mean a giveaway startup? What is? How do you make money out of giving <laughs> stuff away? But I mean, you you make partnerships, you make marketing decisions that kind of help you guys bring in that revenue. And so, when you created Vast, what what niche were you looking to take advantage of in that space? I think the uh, the growth aspect is probably the number one uh, focus. I mean, the industry was really focused on growing, and I think a lot of you know uh, startups are looking startups in the space specifically are looking for uh, investment. And to show investment, they have to show growth numbers. Um, they have to show that they are acquiring new fans and new users. So there was a, a pretty hefty need for growth in general, and the giveaway marketing provides that in groves. So um, even to just do a one-to-one comparison, like you're going to get a lot more growth out of Vast than you would paying the using the exact same budget on, let's say, Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it may be. Um, so paid media has evolved over the past five years pretty heftily. And um, you look at you know Facebook, five years ago, the paid media space was not as prominent. And now they are like the titan of the industry. Everyone uses Facebook ads for pretty much anything you can think of. So um, yeah, there was just a, a really heavy need for growth. And we just decided to to build a strategy that could hone in on that and just attack it You know, 24-7. So offering gaming prizes uh, and gamifying the giveaways themselves made it very uh, a very easy business model to transition into. And so, I mean, what's the state of, of Vast today? I know it's been a, a, a good long while since you kind of started that up. And I'm, I'm sure I see the, the giveaways still happening on Twitter. So I'm assuming good things have been <laughs> happening, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Vast, we just hit our four-year mark in April um, since we founded it. So we founded it in 2017, April of 2017. And um, so it's it's just been growing. Year-over-year uh, year growth is fantastic. Uh, we're looking at you know approaching some milestones in terms of social following that we didn't even think we would be able to achieve for the next three years. Wow. Um, so some of those numbers are looking really good. And then we have um, we've been able to monetize our website through you know just regular ads. Um, so adding that to the fold has been fantastic for stability of the business. Um, and then even more so offering larger giveaways. We're doing a lot more gaming PCs. And um, I guess lastly, we're looking to launch our own uh you know, intellectual property, our own IP here oh, in the wow. next year or so. So uh, we're, right now we're going through the last portions of development and then um, looking to see how we can transition um, into a new uh, revenue opportunity, uh, sort of doubling down on what we already do on the agency side, but even more on the tech side. So uh, I'm excited to be able to share that in the future for sure. All right, well, we'll, have, we'll have to have you back on just to kind <laughs> of uh, help launch that IP. Definitely. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I know uh, during that time with the you also took a very, I, w- I wouldn't call it strange. I'd call it kind of a natural evolution of what you were already doing. But you, you took on the director of esports and later the director of digital communications for the Dallas Mavericks, at the basketball team, the NBA team. I mean, yep. Mark Cuban gives you the call. You pick up the phone. You answer it. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Mark Cuban who called you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we can dream. We can dream. Exactly. But oh, I mean, that's funny. what was that job like? Just kind of working under a non-traditional esports uh, organization like the Dallas Mavericks and helping them kind of grow their 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 little space in esports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 
So I would say that they helped me just as much as I helped them in a way. I learned, you know, a lot. There is um, jumping into a corporation of that magnitude. You really learn how um, how everything fires on all cylinders from like departmental uh, communication and organization. Even the structure of like people's roles and responsibilities is crucial to getting the job done on a, on a macro level. Um, so my main role uh, when I was hired was to essentially sort of rebuild this team for the season two of the NBA 2K League. And uh, we had to go through a whole draft process and everything, which was a fantastic experience. I will say uh, going out and like being sort of a part of our own draft, very cool from like even a gaming perspective, very unique. Um, but uh, ultimately, I would say that uh, some of the biggest things that I learned uh, while I was there, it was it was just about doubling down on networking for sure, but even more so like how important each person's role is, how to motivate others and how to try to keep uh, some of the ambitious goals alive just because, you know, you go day to day at a job and, and you just work your, your butt off and sometimes you lose sight of like the long-term vision. So I think that was uh, some big things that I learned that I was able to take with me um, sort of onto the next adventures. And I'm able to bring some of those goals and that perspective to Vass and um, now First Blood. So, and speaking of first blood, this is the real the real goose uh, goose say that we're gonna talk about today because this is kind <laughs> of uh, an interesting you know uh, website, an interesting company that you've kind of joined. For yeah. people out there who don't know, right? What exactly is First Blood um, as a platform, and, and what do you do? Yeah, so First Blood is an esports tournament platform online. Um, we focus on uh, four games currently, or four products as we like to call them in-house. Um, and it is Dota 2 is our number one game right now. We pretty much own the region of uh, South America for Dota 2, have a very, very strong audience there. Um, Warzone is our secondary product. And then we also have PUBG, and we just added Free Fire, which is a mobile game, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of opportunity there as well, just globally. So so um, ultimately, it's an esports tournament platform that is automated. What we do with the four products that we have is we've created an automated structure to each game that uh, automatically pulls the the scoring for every single player as they play their matches oh, so wow. instead of having to like report self-report take screenshots whatever it may be we have access to all the data that players would need to be able to track their matches so there's automated reporting um for every single one of those products and that's what we really pride ourselves on so yeah, yeah that's awesome i mean that i'm gonna be that sounds like a better version of i don't know if you remember this game battles from, oh uh, yeah oh yeah I mean, that's what i grew up on <laughs> i have no idea if you remember game battles you have to screenshot everything with, with like a crappy little like nokia phone and yep. then email that into somebody people like people were like zooming in to try to get <laughs> yes. see it they're like oh what, what? yes you can't see the screenshot no it's, it's just it's all blurry it all get out and it's just like yeah. I, I guess you guys won i don't know the score is there but i guess but it's just like so this sounds like it's a, a better automated version of game battles back in its heyday in the early, like what, mid 2000s to 2010s. Yep. And so, I mean, it, it sounds like an, an awesome kind of opportunity for you, but how did you come out joining First Blood? Was that like a, like a, just a job application that you just found on the internet or is this more like a networking <laughs> thing that you kind of developed and, and, and got the opportunity that way? 
Definitely a networking thing. Um, it, I guess there's a long pipeline, but the short version is I essentially, I know the the CEO and founder, um, Joe, as well as uh, one of the previous uh, individuals in the business development department uh, by the name of Angelo. And so I'm very close with them, just met them at uh, several conventions and got to know them very well over the, the course of building Vast. And um, when, when the opportunity arose that I heard about it sort of through our friend group, I was like, I, you know, I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to see what I can bring to to your team and see how I can help. So awesome. And so you are the VP of growth. And I feel like that's a, that's a pretty self-explanatory title. But I have to, <laughs> I have to ask you anyways, because sometimes these titles aren't always as what they seem. So VP of growth, I imagine you're, you're working on partnerships and, and growing the game and all that. But what are your your main responsibilities, right? So there's pretty much two arms right now. There is marketing heavily um, and uh, sales. So from the sales side of things, it's pretty much all business development, whether it be partnerships, um, activating activating with influencers, or um, activating with sponsorship. Um, so those are the three sort of ways that we uh, monetize uh, through the sales pipeline. And then uh, on the marketing side of things, it's really building out the narrative, the brand, uh, building out how we want to display ourselves to the public, and then how we want to take care of our customers um, internally. So um, retention is really a a main point of conversation. There's a lot of people that have been on the platform for years now, and we want to make sure that we keep those, those customers happy. Right. And so I imagine your day to day operations look hectic as I'll get out meetings uh, every other <laughs> hour. A lot of meetings. <laughs> a lot of talking with interviewers like me, just kind of being like, all right, this isn't some more, some more media day stuff happening here. We're going to talk about this now. But for, for the most part, your day to day operations, I'm, I'm assuming busy because you're, you're also taking care of Vast on the, on the side. I'm assuming not on the side, but really it's, it's two jobs kind of juggled at the same time, which is oh, yeah. never easy. Especially if you're an executive <laughs> position, right? But I mean, so talk me through a day in the life of Trey Christensen. What does that look like for for people out there who don't know, who want to know? <laughs> it's definitely uh, very scheduled. So I would say from about eight a.m. to six or seven p.m. It's pretty um, regimented. So uh, even have the workout and lunch times uh, planned appropriately. Oh my goodness! Um, but <laughs> it's 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 a lot of meetings, a lot of executive decisions that need to be made, um, and there's a lot of conversation that has to happen in terms of communicating how we want to make those decisions and the reasons why. Because um, it it seems easy sometimes in a leadership role to just sort of give commands in general, right? Where you're just like telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that the important part that I, I end up needing to invest a lot more time into is why we're doing things, how we can all think like-minded uh, in a like-minded way and how I can share my experience and how I can draw from other people's experience as well. So just because I may be in a, a leadership role and I may be um, higher up the totem pole on an on a org, org chart doesn't mean that there are people that are under me that don't have more valid experience to a certain situation. Um, so that's why we've been able to focus on hiring. We've been growing the team a lot. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of just sort of juggling different um, experiences from people and feedback and trying to build the best product we possibly can on first blood. I mean, you guys have, have done a great job from what I'm seeing so far. I mean, tournaments across, like you said, four different products or games. You have prize pools galore. I mean, it seems like, what, $100 prize pool here, 
a cool little $300 prize pool there. I mean, this seems more like almost a, a league than a platform really for you guys. But I mean, what is the, the main focus for First Blood right now? Is it focusing on, you know, on, on retention or is it focusing more on just kind of sales and, and getting more products out for more people to come back and kind of use the platform? I mean, what, what's going, what's leading the, the, the action at First Blood right now? So right now, I would say the the number one point of conversation is definitely growth. I know that sounds really broad and vague, but <laughs> uh, just to be a little bit more detailed on that, it's um, we're attacking spin uh, you know a marketing budget for influencers. We're attacking a marketing budget with partners. We recently launched a uh, partnership series with Space Station Gaming um, and partnered up with them. We have our own. Uh, entry fee large prize pool series that is a subsidiary subsidiary of First Blood and it's called Slayout and so Slayout offers like large prize pools three thousand dollar events every Friday uh, five thousand or six thousand dollar events on Sundays and this is all like centered around Warzone and we've got a couple other games that we're we're pretty much in the testing phase with so those games are Rainbow Six NBA Two K mm-hmm. um, and even Apex Legends so we've been sort of focusing on on testing out those games, how we can integrate those into the official platform of First Blood. And we've been running a lot of those tournaments manually, but still, um, overall, it's like growth is our main objective. New user acquisition, uh, retention rate after the users have been acquired. And then also, um, even from like a social perspective, how do we get the numbers to uh, keep growing? How do we grow the email list? How do we get people to uh, be repeat customers, even for our entry fee tournaments? And how do we offer you know a better product? So whether that be larger prize pools through sponsors or whatever it may be, we've got a lot of uh, sponsorship tournaments coming up that are anywhere from a $10,000 prize pool to a $20,000 prize pool. Wow. And some of those are going to be open to the public, like completely open, not, not exclusive to you know invite only 16 creators or whatever it may be like you typically see in the space we're going to be trying to open these up to where anyone can make a name for themselves anyone can win some money um, which the last one that we did we did a ten thousand dollar event with polygon which is one of the sponsors that we had uh, and we had a ton of teams show up we had over 500 players wow um, in a single day event so um we're seeing some pretty good traction and growth is definitely the number one focus for this year and probably even into next year. Well, you, you just blew game battles out of the water with that, with that uh, kind of series <laughs> of comments right there. Game battles never had the big old prize pools. I of- wish, I wish back in the day, if they had had that, I would have been all over it. I'm telling you right now that would, I would have, uh, my dream would have, would have come true. <laughs> no, same. I mean, everybody's like every teenage boy's dream would have come true. If game battles offered, you know, prize pool <laughs> right. money for events. That would have been insane. I mean, oh, yeah. I just looking at the stats, that's for first blood, right? 1.6 million total matches played so far. 121,000 last month. You have 150,000 monthly active users. And then in terms of winnings, 250,000 winnings earned for players. The engagement and the audience already, the audience marketing guys have, it looks absolutely insane. I mean, what, what, what are these stats kind of, uh, blows your mind the most? What about these kind of numbers you see like, wow, that's absolutely insane. The kind of traction we're getting right now. The number one thing I would say that we pride ourselves on would definitely be the prize pools. 
So we're trying to, you know, we talk with our customers, we survey them, we we're, we're in these support channels with them answering questions like 24 um, seven. And I literally mean 24 <laughs> seven when yep. I say that. So uh, when we ask them, you know, what do they want to see? Uh, what what is most valuable to you? Like prize pools is definitely at the top of that list. I mean, we see a lot of people that offer massive prize pools for just an exclusive few, you know, creators at a time. And we're trying to bring that to the masses. So as as we continue to grow our, our, our partners, partnerships, as well as sponsorship revenue, um, we're going to be cycling that back in for our users and making sure that they see those those larger paydays. Um, so from a stat perspective, right now, we're looking at you know guaranteeing $20,000 a month in terms of prize pools. And that's going to start to hit you know the 50K mark and even more in the future as we nail down some of the sponsorship stuff that we're, we're close to uh, signing. So with all that being said, it's like, that's probably our biggest metric that we're focused on is how can we bring more prize pools to our users? Well, so, I, so that brings you really to the next question as well. I mean, you talk about the future coming up soon with like 50,000 a month in prize pools. I mean, what's, what do you think is the possibility for, I mean, just for first blood going into the future, how, how big is this potential for growth? From first blood. I mean, I, I know we really haven't seen an actual, you know, tournament platform like this ever developed in the in the esports space. And now you guys are out here just kind of being a trailblazer, if I may, kind of throwing this out there and and making this kind of uh, crazy, insane, but you know, potential for not just you know sponsorships and all that, but for, but for players as well. But what's the, the the potential here for for first blood? Yeah, I think the potential is uh, pretty massive, especially for like the amateur scene and even the casual players. Uh, we're not just catering to the pros. I think a lot of uh, platforms out there try to cater to um, how do we, you know, how do we build our product for the 1% that's playing 24 seven? And we're trying to think about, you know, the guys that are still really good at the game, but have a full-time job, come home on a weekend, play in a tournament with their buddies. You know, how do we cater to some of those users and the people that might have a fantastic time winning a $500 prize pool or something like that um, on a weekend after they just had their full-time job. Like that's, that's fantastic. That's braggable. They get to brag mm -hmm. to all their friends. They get to, you know, be a lifelong fan of then first blood as a platform. And we're able to create that experience for them. We've seen a lot of those stories sort of emerge. Uh, but I think that from a, from a potential perspective, you know, we're looking to double down, if not triple down on like the, the monthly active users for 2022. Um, and we're looking to have some of the biggest prize pools and partnerships, uh, on especially partners on the esports org side that we're doing, but even more so on the sponsorship side, bringing you know these massive events that are broadcasted where people, players can showcase their skills and, and they can play with their buddies and have a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're trying to grow that to the next level. So hopefully by the next time that we speak, <laughs> like let's say a year from now, we can look at that $250,000 prize pools that have already been paid out and we can say, oh, that's a tiny little number. Or it was something. a laugh you know? at it or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's I mean, sort of, that's the goal long term. Yeah, no, and I, honestly, it sounds like, like you said, the, the casual person or the, the amateur scene, really. It sounds like, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever uh, heard of QuakeCon or, or been to a QuakeCon recently. Oh, yes. Oh, you yes. know, the, the big weekend tournaments were always like the amateur guys, you know, the, the middle aged guys kind of playing like either Halo or, I mean, what was the other one I played? Uh, Rocky. BYOC, bring your own yeah, computer. Yeah, bring your own computer. <laughs> so you and a group of buddies would just kind of play on a, on a LAN server there, boosted and, 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 and put on in the middle of the QuakeCon, like, like convention center and you guys would play you'd win like 
two or three hundred dollars in prize pool money. Yep. But it was like the biggest memory you guys could ever remember. Oh yeah. And that's something that you can't really put a number on or buy. And that's what I what I kind of enjoy from you guys is that from what I'm seeing, this is is this is gonna really attack that customer base you guys have already developed and bring more people on. And I, I love to see it. I love to hear it. And honestly, track, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking about this this excellent platform you guys have developed. No, I appreciate it. I think uh, just to add one last thing, yeah, go ahead. Uh, tournament experience is a really big thing for us. So um, it's not just about it's not just about the winners. It's not just about like the top five people that get paid out. It, you know, we ask like specifically, how can we cater to everyone? You know, is it? You know, there's a lot of people that play um, in tournaments just for fun, and I think that sometimes, especially as a tournament platform, you lose sight of some of those users. So uh, for us, I think that's what we're really focused on. I think that's going to be sort of our key to success from like a growth standpoint. But um, no, I'm uh, ha- happy to happy to be here, and I appreciate you you having me on the show. I have one last question for you just, i just thought yeah, of this no, on please. the spot so obviously you've been you're you were vast you were first blood i mean mm-hmm. what would it take for you to move back into the halo pro scene <laughs> oh god no no no, no no way i spent too much time like that it really does take over your life mad respect seriously to the pro players out there that are competing because they are competing i mean there's no off switch right mm-hmm. um in in professional like sports you have you have to you know have recovery time for your body you don't have those same limitations so in order to compete with some of the better players like the best players are setting the standard by playing 16 hours a day so um i would never go back <laughs> because that's <laughs> what it would take and if i'm just extremely competitive so uh with that competitive spirit in mind it would take over for me and i would just i would just live and breathe it like i used to but uh on a serious note we are looking at halo infinite um and adding that as one of the games to the platform mainly because that's my passion project <laughs> <laughs> but i you know i love that game uh and i love the franchise and i think that it has a lot of potential they're putting a lot of money into it so i think that the the game itself will be multiplayer ready um, like out of box so i think that it's going to be an interesting opportunity and i'm more so seeing how i can cater to my friends in the space and tournaments in that space um rather than go back and compete but it is tempting and (laughs) i will tell you it is complete transparency it is always a part of some like it's always in the back of my mind right. like oh do i go back and compete i'm it's sure that that it's a, i'm sure that it's yeah i'm sure that it's a part it's it's a part of every single professional player whether it's halo basketball football it doesn't matter they're thinking about it in some way man if i could go back blah 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 but no i definitely i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying you know slayer comes out with the halo tournament and i don't see the vp of growth in that tournament i'm going to be asking some questions the first blood pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> But hey, here's here's hoping Halo Esports is back on the up and up. I mean, first from what I've seen, they've been pretty good about it. But mostly, uh, Trey, I want to thank you for coming on the show, talking about First Blood, talking about Vast, and really just explaining, you know, for the everyman, for the casual guy out there, because you you used to be a programmer yourself, you know the the business side of this now as well, and it's just kind of an interesting topic to talk with somebody who's been in both spaces at once. And so, Trey, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your experience with us. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. So he's Trey Christensen. He's VP of Growth at First Blood, also CEO of Vast GG. Check them out. Uh, Firstblood.io is the website. Firstblood.io on Twitter, Instagram. Feel free to follow them on Facebook. Join their Discord. I mean, there's tournament highlights on YouTube, on their YouTube channel. I mean, really. Yep. And if Trey, people want to ask you questions how, or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Ooh, tr- Twitter would probably be the best. T-R-E-Y-T-R-I. 
That's my username. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Succinct, and I like it. But, uh, Trey, thank you for coming on once again. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. We'll have a good one. He's Trey Christensen. I'm Kevin Korea, and this is the Esports Network Podcast. Whoa!